0: Rest of you can take your Bibles to James chapter one. Want to introduce our theme of the year and verse six: nothing wavering. <clears throat> While you're turning there, want to give you some more ideas of some things I and I've mentioned this several times to many of you, but maybe not uh, all of you. Some of the things that uh, love to see happen around here uh, one of these days. I. I uh, Pray that, uh, God willing, that he'll give me the years to be able to see all of it accomplished, but uh, I uh, mentioned some things. For those of you who are concerned, we will rebuild that gun range, the shooting range, but we're just going to move it and do some things and put it under a little better regulation than what we had before, but that's going to come back. I'm I'm praying and asking the Lord to do some things. I still would love to put the rv sites all the way over there to the east side that keeps dwight uh far from the church building while he's here during special meetings we'd rather him not be so close to the building we're afraid he's going to burn it down sometime and so <coughs> don't tell dwight i said that but um, I, I would love one day to see a, a a baseball softball field over here on the other side over there i think it would be a awesome place to uh, have that we will have this a gym open where we'll have a basketball court we where we have all the lines are painted has a it's actually a high school approved floor underneath the carpet here that um, it's a uh, rubber epoxy type of a floor and um, we'll, we have bas- we'll have a basketball goal down at this end we have it painted for uh, for volleyball also we just need to drill the holes to be able to put the net up and and uh, that kind of thing. I would love to see one day where our church is big enough that we we can do our own uh, recreation. We can have we can have our own basketball. We can have our own volleyball. We can have our own baseball during the summer. And we already have our wrestling. And that way we can we can kind of control some of that in in teaching the a biblical perspective towards sports and and uh, towards our our young people, encouraging them to uh, take their abilities and use them for God and, and uh, would love uh, to see in the summer the baseball field full of uh, little kids and even older kids playing baseball or softball and uh, those kinds of things. Use the, the things that are in this world to that are good things, that can be used for good things, and uh, see God do that. We are uh, it, through lots of prayer and seeking the peace of God, trying to figure out the, the, the seating arrangement for, for the sanctuary. The, the number that finally brought peace, I believe, is that that building will be able, it'll be large enough that we can expand up to 1,200 in the seating. Doesn't necessarily mean that we'll have to go to that, uh, but it will be able to, to reach to that capacity before we ever have to do anything different, and, and uh, um, that was the, that's just the number that, that uh, was given us peace, and, and uh, so that, that is what we're looking at for that sanctuary. We are looking at doing that in three phases, and unless God provides, God can do whatever He wants to if He's in it, and, and uh, we want Him to uh, guide us and show us in all of that. It's all Him. As, uh, it's not us whatsoever; it's all him, and wanting to use this to honor and to glorify him, and bring praises and glory to his name. and And the 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 goals that we have is that God will use this to uh, see people trust Christ as their Savior, to see families restored that have been struggling, and and see marriages that are strong, and watching kids grow up in a godly atmosphere, and. And watching god use them greatly in in a, a crazy world and and i know that god is in this and we're just seeking his peace and direction and all of that and and lord willing the the housing out here we can see some duplexes set up for like i said those in the ministry that uh have retired and don't have much or maybe don't have much family and they can come and they can live there rent-free and they can serve in the church to the best of their abilities until God takes them home and have a place for missionaries to stay whenever they uh, come through and, and uh, just all kinds of, of ideas. a big bus barn out here where we can put all the vehicles uh, uh, under a roof somewhere and keep them plugged in and not have to deal with that. And, and uh, one day watching the Quam. I, I look forward to the day that on Quam, on a Tuesday night, this place is full of little kids running around and reaching them for Christ. And, and uh, I just pray that God will do that in, in my lifetime and be able to see these things take place and, and uh, truly just look forward to, to all the things that, that God wants to do in reaching our community for Christ. And, and what a privilege it is to be a part of this. Maybe... Maybe one of these days, I'll, <clears throat> I, I'm i glad that some things I'm kind of a pack rat on. And, and you can see on the, the videos, I had. Uh, those were several videos that Wes had to, to cut down on time. I could probably show you 30 minutes worth of video of, of what we did on that building. I also have video of the old building and what we did there. I'd love for everybody to to see the history of that sometime where we started out in a small building and, and the, the roof was actually falling in on us and and uh, 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 it would have been in, in uh, 2011. Uh, in February, we took the entire roof off of that building in February and and put up new trusses and put a brand new roof on that building in two days. <clears throat> and the group that did that were were uh, uh definitely knew what they were doing and and will always appreciate that Danny Paulson was involved in that and and I will always be appreciative of Danny and and his willingness to work hard at that and to take care of that and and then the 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 addition that we put on there and and I and I look back and I kind of chuckle at the time but you know we put that addition on the uh, on the building there and thought Wow this is going to give us all kinds of room and 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 we'll be able to uh, do uh, several things with that and and uh, first first Sunday we filled that addition with kids in the nursery and so I just don't want to see that happen with a new building I, I, I know of a, a friend that built a, they built a new building in in uh, Indiana and they they thought it was you know they built it. Uh, seat 800 people and the first sunday they had 800 people and uh so now what do you do you know and and so i but i look at back at that old building and thought man this is great you know we are uh we're doing something for god and it was a big deal at the time and and the the total cost of that uh, it's amazing how god always provided when we remodeled the basement first, and and I know it's taken into the preaching time, but I just love to share these things that that God has done. You know, we it was in 2009, and and there was a gentleman in the in the church at the time, and and uh, uh, he he was he he uh, had a vision for building, and I'm not a construction guy. I can tell you what I'd like to have, and then somebody else has got to build it, but. Uh, you know we were on a Wednesday night we were in a prayer meeting it was in 2009 and and we were downstairs and there were some tiles falling down in the in the roof of the basement and we were needing to, to fix some holes in the roof in there and so we had designated it that Wednesday night instead of prayer meeting that we were going to tear out that and rebuild that and fix the the leaks and and we had several classrooms downstairs and 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 we had a real small fellowship hall that would seat about forty, and uh, a little little bitty kitchen, and and we had been given a commercial stove that was the size of a Volkswagen that took up most of our kitchen, and uh, uh, we went down there and we started to tear that out, and before you knew it, we tore out all the walls in the entire basement except one room. You guys remember? Some of you might remember that, and. All we had then was the little nursery and the bathrooms, and everything was wide open. And then it, it started from there, and we went in and retiled the floor. And and, and uh, if God's not in it, He showed us a, at that very moment before we put anything else in there. We went in there to tile, and we were when we laid out the tile in the floor that we were able to to cut one of those tiles, which were I can't remember 12 inch or 16 inch tiles, and we were able to cut those tiles in exactly half, and and it fit perfectly down both sides where it was exactly squared. I mean, God's in it when something like that happens, you know. And and we were able to do all of that, and we uh, had the ladies design the kitchen and put in a big kitchen, and then we we bought those those uh, little things there, the the little. Uh, screen flex things for our classrooms and and uh, we were we uh, got all that done in the basement and the roof is still falling in mind you but the basement was nice i mean it was really nice you know i remember one gentleman that was there helping us that night we we had to we put in two by four walls inside the concrete and and we had to do a fire barrier inside so we had to use a special kind of of a caulking type of stuff, it was orange, and it and it was foam, you know, and it kind of expand and and this guy was was doing that, and when he got done, the guy was orange. I mean, he had it all over his hands, he had it on his face, I mean, it was all over, you know. Anyway, we got that all done, and the basement was gorgeous, and and we had we had um, let me see, that was the one where no we paid for that totally in cash all the money came in was $90,000 and we finished the basement and then in 2011 we decided we got to do something with the roof on the building and and it was in 2011 that we started saving money and we had about half the money down and it was about I think it was somewhere around 100,000 to to do what we needed to do for that remodel and and so, in 2011, we went in and started the project. That's when they—I I have a video. I'll have to show you sometime of them taking the roof off of that building. And the the piano, we had the same piano. They had instead of taking it out of the building, we had just—they built a big box around it in uh, with plywood and just covered it up. And and it stayed in the building. And they took the whole roof off of that building. We remodeled the sanctuary we we uh, took out the pews and and uh, a gentleman took all of the the wood and planed it down flat and built this pulpit built the table that we have here the table over there all of the 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 bookshelves in my office uh, made cutting boards out of the ends of the pews and people bought those to help uh buy new chairs and and uh that's where some of these chairs are from. We purchased these all the way back in 2011, and, and we remodeled and, and gave ourselves uh, quite a bit more room. I told you about the pews. They were getting to the point where if enough people sat in one row of the pews, the back and the seat would kind of actually pull apart. And then when somebody would get up, it would, it would close you can guess what would happen. Somebody'd be like, woo, you know, <laughs> give you a good pinch, you know, and make you think somebody was Pentecostal. And so we, we had a great time, but we did that in 2011. And, and then uh, it, it was uh, uh, 2013 that we decided to do that last edition. We had, uh, and all the money came in for that second one except for twenty thousand dollars we went to the bank and borrowed twenty thousand dollars and paid it off in three months and so then we went to the third expansion and and it was going to be uh i think it was uh ninety some thousand and we raised forty some thousand got the project started and and uh, had a gentleman in the church that uh we were working on the we had gotten the project started and uh, was digging the hole and had a gentleman in the church call me, and he's in heaven today, and he, he called me out and he said, Pastor, why don't you come out and talk to me and tell me what's going on at the building. he Older gentleman, couldn't hear very good, and, and so I went out to his house and told him the vision of what we were doing and what we wanted to do with the addition and add some kids' ministries and, and uh, those kinds of things. And, and uh, uh, Wendy, had we started Quam by this time? Were you guys a part of that addition I don't. I don't think you were. Yes. Yes. So we we wanted. We had just started. Uh, I, I believe that somewhere around we'd have to go look. Two thousand twelve. Two thousand thirteen. We started up Quam. It was called uh, Master Clubs at the time. We needed room. Told this gentleman we need the room for these kids ministries and that. And he said, well what do we owe you know is going to have to take?" I said, it's probably another fifty thousand. He wrote a check for fifty thousand dollars and and I, and I say all of that because at the time that was huge, you know I mean you're looking at that and thinking, how in the world are we ever going to do these things and we need to raise the money and and, and God just lays it out there and, and meets the needs and so we built that and then uh, here we are we we outgrew that. We we had seating for 130 in that building in special meetings back in in uh, I can't remember. I think it was 2011, right after we had remodeled. Before we had the addition on, no, it was after we had the addition. So it was 2013, right after we had done the addition. We were we had over two. We had like 202 in a service there, and it seats 130. And we were like, we probably better not invite the fire marshal to come to church. And so, but we, um, and then we found the property, we bought this property, and then obviously you see the, the video of that, and and, uh, and and so as I look at this building, and, and I think about the project and the size of that project, and and really in our eyes today, that, that project's about as big as what those projects were back in that day, and and can I tell you that if God's in it, God will provide. And we just need to continue to do what we should do. And first and foremost, let's walk closely with God. Let's make sure that our hearts are right. And let's make sure that we're walking the way that we ought to and walking in the spirit of God and And let us be telling others about Jesus. And let's make sure that our lives represent the, the, the testimony that we're telling people that we are a believer and Let's trust God and, and let's see God do something that only God can do. And so I, I just, I know, I know he wants us to do this. And I know that, that as we get on board together and as we are, are giving a, a, of our time, talent, and treasures, as God wants us to give, and, and we continue to reach out to others, that, that I know that God is going to fill that building and not just for a number, but because God is doing something in their lives that will last for eternity. And so, let's all be a part of it, and let's be excited about that, and and let's trust God, and and let's be asking God what it is that we need to do uh, uh, on our part of that. And so that brings us to James. And 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 just for a a quick historical background of. The book of James, this uh, book was written by the half-brother of Jesus. Now, we know that at the beginning that James was a, uh, he, he was not one that uh, believed in Jesus. And, and we know that he was one that uh, didn't trust what uh, Jesus was saying that he was. And, but we know that he went from being a skeptic to a servant. And we know that James was one, as he writes this, that uh, it's laid out as a message to be read to the church and to, to us still today. It's an exhortation for believers to strive for maturity and holiness in their lives. And and it deals more with uh, the practice of faith rather than the precepts. He shows how one's faith and love should be expressed to, for all to see and uses many practical experiences to uh, illustrate that exhortation, and, and he emphasized an outward-serving faith. And may I say that as we get into this project, that, that it's not the, the project of the building, but it's the project of building people's lives, and, and it'll give us that opportunity and ability to do that, and that's why we build the building. It's not for everybody that we can go out and say, hey, look at us. It has nothing to do with us, guys. It's just a privilege to be used of God, but it has everything to do with, look what God is doing, and God is going to use that. Even though it's just a building, God's going to use that to impact the lives of many, many people in this community. And he shows us here in the book of James that the verification of a genuine faith is the fruit of a serving faith. James lived that. I mean, it tells us that James, at the end of his life, was taken to the temple balcony and and, and uh, by Ananus, the high priest and the Pharisees and the Sadducees of the day, was uh, told to uh, renounce his faith in Jesus Christ. And so they held him up at the top of the temple and, and on the balcony and he refused and instead it tells us that he confessed Jesus as the Son of God and judge of the world and tells us that he was hurled off of the... Off of that platform, and while he's lying there on the ground, and he wasn't dead, they ran up to him and they stoned him and clubbed him to death. And James was one who lived by the serving faith that he exhorted all believers to have, and are still exhorting us today. And you know what brought that all about is the change that Jesus Christ made in his life. Let let Christ make that change in your life that He wants to to do in your life, and. Look, if he's showing you today that you need to trust him as your savior, then be willing to do that and humble yourself today and and open your heart to the saving work of Christ and knowing what he's done on that cross for each one of us and call on him to be your savior, trusting in his death, burial, and resurrection and know that he's ascended into heaven today and he's there and and so let's trust Him as our Savior. And then if we know Him as our Savior, then let's make sure that we're walking in a way that God wants us to walk and be the servant of Christ that He wants us to be. And when we do that, there is there is no holding back anything that God wants to do here. And that's exactly what we want. And so let us describe ourselves as James describes himself here in verse 1. James, uh, servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. And, and so here we we know that in John chapter 7 and verse 5, it said, For neither did his brethren believe in him. That was Jesus that they were talking about and talking about his own family. And they had a hard time believing that Jesus was who he said that he was. And, and his, his own family were skeptics. And and it tells us, and we know that, that uh James never became a believer until after Jesus' resurrection. And so we see and know and and hear that we know that he became a servant of God and isn't amazing what God does in our own hearts and our own lives and 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 helps us reprioritize things and helps us to come to the understanding of of the importance of being a servant of Jesus Christ. Let us be that and let us be described the same way and And then as a servant then, he's going to show us that that there are godly trials that he's going to put in our lives. And and he tells us that, and he encourages us us in verses 2 through 4 in how to endure these trials. He says, my brethren, writing to those that know Christ as their Savior, we, we know that there are trials to come. And and we know that there will be testings that come in our lives, and that's okay. God allows that in our lives, and, and He's writing this to believers and my brethren. Count it all joy. And so now when we count something, we are regarding this and thinking about this, and that is a command that God is giving us. Count it all joy. And so every each and, and moment that we need to be delighting and, and rejoicing in when ye fall, and that word "fall" means to encounter into diverse temptations, and diverse obviously means various different ones. And temptations here, the uh, 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 another word for this, uh, you could use it, and it doesn't doesn't cheapen the, the the definition here. But examinations. You ever given thought that when you're going through a trial in your life and uh, whether trial, temptation, whatever you, you might see that or want to call it, or testing in your life, that it is an examination that God is allowing in your life to, uh, to, to see what you're made of. And it's not for Him. He already knows. But it's for us to understand our faith and to grow in our faith and in our trust of Him and to walk closer with Him. Sometimes we may even say that these are too hard for us, but I can tell you that they might be without him, but they're not with him. And he tells us that we need to regard these things with all joy and knowing that he loves us, knowing that he wants to examine us, and knowing that he'll walk with us through whatever the trial may be. Knowing this in verse 3, and so now be sure of the fact this is something that all of us need to be reminded of and know that the trying of your faith. And so whenever we think about the, the, the trying now, the, the trials that, that God gives us, the, the genuineness of it, the, the testing of your faith, but it also has the idea of unalloyed quality. It means that it is genuine in what it is and there's nothing fake in it whatsoever whatsoever. And, and, and there's nothing else that will weaken it, but we see and know and understand here that, that the, the genuineness of your faith worketh patience. When, when we are going through those trials and, and we are looking to God as we should, then we need to know and understand that, that uh, it's showing the genuineness of our faith and, and it is building in us patience. And patience is endurance. That's exactly what patience is. We we want to talk about patience and people trying our patience, and and really it is. It's it's what are you going to be willing to endure with those around you, and in order to bring honor and glory to God? What are you going to do in the trials that you are in? Are you Going to endure those and, and and regard them as a as an examination by God, or are you going to to go into a woe is me problem here and think about how unfair things are and how not right things are and 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 live in that moment and 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 allow the devil to get the best of you in that and and rob you of the testimony that God wants to use in your life and and you flunk the test and so god then is going to have to bring that examination up again in your life or or are you actually going to use it to bring honor and glory to god and here we know that the trying of your faith and whenever we think about faith you know what faith is and trusting god it's just a confidence it's a boldness knowing that god will do what god says he will do god said that He died on the cross for your sins, that he was buried, that he rose again, and that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you believe that? Have you called on him and trusted him as your Savior? If so, then God is true and real to his word. We don't need to add anything to that. We don't need need to take away anything from that. We just need to understand that is salvation, and so we trust him. And and we are bold, and, and we are... Confident in that, and and in that, then, in the trying of that, it produces patience. It produces a steadfastness and endurance and a staying power to do what God says He will do. And so let's stay after that and let us be what it is that God wants us to be as men and women of faith and be men and women of patience that God has given to us. But let patience have her perfect work. So now we see that this patience is working on us and and it's bringing about a perfect work or a completion in our lives, doing something in our lives in order that or for the purpose that we may be perfect. That means mature in our faith. When we first trust Christ as our Savior, we're very excited and very exuberant about the idea that our burdens have been lifted at Calvary and We've been forgiven and we rejoice in that and we're thankful for that and we're excited for that, but but ultimately we don't know a whole lot about God other than He has saved us and, and we need to grow and learn more about who He is in His Word and, and we find that as we read His Word and, and we start garnering wisdom of what God's Word says, then God allows little things to come in our lives. Sometimes He allows big things in our lives and, and He's allowing those things in our lives to help us understand that God is with us through all of this. And, and so we walk with Him and we trust Him. And as we see Him there with us, then our faith grows stronger and stronger. And that's what it's, it's bringing about, is a mature faith that whatever comes, we still trust Him. And it's entire. Whenever we think about entire, it's a whole picture, right? In the, in the Old Testament, the word integrity I believe in Psalm 26, David says, I walk in mine integrity. That word integrity has the word picture of of your life being a puzzle. And everything goes together and and comes together and, and it all makes sense. If we don't have a solid, mature faith, then what we're saying may not match up to what we're doing. And so here we see a mature faith is one where not only are you saying these things about God and your relationship with God, but your life is backing it up and so the whole puzzle fits together. Well, that's what uh, whole means here and, and that's what it means here by entire, wanting nothing. Isn't it nice to know that you're lacking nothing if, if you are letting patience have its work and you're having a mature faith? Then, and then he goes on, and wouldn't it be nice to be perfect in that? But verse 5 tells us that none of us are perfect. Because it says, if any of you lack wisdom. This in the original, and I don't say this to impress you, I'm just telling you what it, the idea is. This is what is a simple condition assumed to be true. So it's an assumption that, that uh, as James has written this, he's inspired by God, which God is not assuming, God knows. And you know what God is telling us? There are times when you will lack wisdom. And there are going to be times when you're not sure what to do. And there are going to be times in your life where you're going to be questioning and and asking God, God, you need to show me what it is that you want us to do. You need to show us how how to do these things. Lord, we, we want your building to be your building. We, we want to do it. Uh, uh, Lord, it would be great if you would lay it out like you did Noah with the ark. It would be fantastic if you would lay it out uh, as as you did the tabernacle for Moses and and we just we want that all and and New Testament a little bit different times here today and so he doesn't speak to us through the prophets he's going to speak to us through 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 the peace of God through the wisdom of His Word and and the practice of His Word and application of it and and through that and and guided through His peace we're going to build exactly what it is that He wants because it's not about us it's all about Him and so we do sometimes lack wisdom in these things and. And Lord, I have no idea how you're going to pay for this. If I had had the millions of dollars to do it, I'd be happy to write the check. I don't have it. God knows that. God knows you don't have it either. And so, But God can do what only God can do. And God can raise that and bring that in in a way that we can see that it's only God, just as he's done every time that we have stepped out on faith. God has always blessed that. And So sometimes, if any of you lack wisdom, and yes we do, let him ask of God. God, we need wisdom. We need direction. We need purpose. We need to, to know this is all the things that we're doing is, is from you. And then give us the peace of God and, and help us, Lord, to be as those priests who stepped into the, 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 in, into the River Jordan and the, and the waters parted as they took each step. Let us do the same, and let us trust you, and know that you are in all of this. And let us not be afraid, and let us not question these things, but let us ask you for wisdom, and find it. And, and here, let him ask of God, that giveth unto all men liberally, everyone. Whoever needs that wisdom, God gives it to you and upbraideth not. He doesn't make fun of you in that. He doesn't harass you. He doesn't scoff at you and say, oh, you should have known that. God doesn't do that. When you ask for wisdom, say, God, I just want to know what it is. Then he will give you what it is that you need, every one of us. And, and so here we we trust him and we're letting the, uh, our faith grow as we uh, learn these things and and he gives to all men liberally, and uh, and and far more than we ever need, and upbraideth not. And it shall be given him. But what's the requisite here that we have? But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Oh, there will be there will be those who come and and are naysayers, and I don't know. Maybe they're afraid. Maybe they're I, I, who wouldn't be in the in the day and age that we live in today. We 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 you know we're uh, bombing Yemen these days, and we're you know the 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 inflation is crazy and price of gas. It's amazing how all of a sudden gas prices are coming down as we get closer to elections. I don't know how that happens, Jim. I mean it's just amazing, you know. And I mean we see these things that that are going on in our country, and and you think you know this this really probably isn't the time that. We ought to be looking at doing things like that, and and there will be those who say, hey, I don't know if we ought to. Maybe we ought to just be happy and comfortable with what we have, and okay, if that's what God says, then let's be comfortable. But I don't see Him saying that, and I don't see Him showing us that that's what we ought to do. And I think there are a lot of comfortable churches out there who are who are debt free and who are very happy with the crowd that they have, and they're very happy to keep it the way it is. And, and not bring in new people that might upset the way we do things the way you know and and they're they're scared of those things and they they like their traditions and they like their rut and they and they don't like the idea of the uh, of of the uh, the responsibilities that may be given to us as more people come in and more baggage is shown and more lives are are a mess and we need to do something about it but you know what i see god tells us that that we need to walk in there and we need to be a light to this world and, and we need to do everything we can to reach whoever we can and, and see them, see God change their lives and, and, and yes, we need wisdom and how to deal with those things but as we give, are given the wisdom and God gives us the abilities and, and helps us to grow and see these things then we just keep asking God and we never waver in our faith of what He will do. I have no doubt, no doubt when, when we, with a sincere heart that is right with God, tell God, God, let us do something great for you, I believe he'll bless that. I believe he has. You know, what? I, all I've seen, though, is he just keeps expanding the vision. The water gets a little deeper as you get further out, but God still stops the water. We just need to trust him. And let us I'm not saying be foolish about things, but I am saying, but let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. Look, he told the disciples, you want to move that mountain? Pray. And I'll move the mountain if you have enough faith. Just trust him. Trust him for this. Do our part and do what? We need to do, and, and we'll see God do something, but let him ask in faith nothing wavering, no doubting. We trust him for what he is and who he says he is, and we know that God will answer it. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Boy, don't we know something about the wind. Oh, I mean, I... I remember when I was first introduced to the wind <laughs> in northeast Colorado. I, uh, we moved here in, in May of 1997. I got a job with the, the post office that summer in, in uh, Fort Morgan. I was a rural carrier uh, sub, and so I got to learn all the where everybody lived in, in the country. And boy, you can learn a lot about people and the kind of mail they get, too, you know? But anyway, uh, I did that, and then I ended up going to Brush and became a city carrier and became full-time over there. And, and I remember it was in the fall, and I don't remember. I don't remember. It, well, it was probably the, the winter or the spring uh, of um, probably 90, 98 And and I'm walking up, I, I believe it was like uh, uh, Curtis Street over in Brush. And that wind, I mean, I was like, praising the Lord, I weighed over 200 pounds. Well, I'm thinking I, maybe I need to put a little lead in my back pockets, you know, to keep me from blowing over, and here I am delivering junk mail, and there goes a trash can flying by, you know, and then there's limbs breaking in the trees, and, and there's shingles flying everywhere, and I'm thinking, what in the world am I doing in northeast Colorado? <laughs> and, and you just see things blow, but there's really no concern, because whatever went south, The next day, the south wind is going to bring it back to the north, so you can grab it on the way back, you know. And the wind blows, and it just goes everywhere. Well, here he said, if you you are going to ask him something, you better ask him for that by faith. No doubting. Because if you're doubting, you're just tossed around like the wind, and for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. I think one of the biggest things that that God hates is murmuring, complaining. You go back into the Old Testament, and the quickest thing that brought judgment upon Israel is when they were griping to God about the lack of his provision. And that was just a lack of trust in what God said he would do for them. And it made God mad every time they did that. Well, here we see in the book of James, you want to ask God and we want to trust God to do something like that, and and it's, and, and it's not the building, it's the reaching the people that will fill that building. We say, God, we want to do something great for you. And you know what? It's okay to say, you know, Lord, I'm a little bit scared at times about this. But you know what you do? You know what courage is? You're scared to death and you saddle up anyway. And you do what God wants you to do. And you follow him and you find God to do something that is far greater than we could ever imagine. You know, I look back today and I think about our little building. I love that little building. If I'd had the money, I'd have bought it from the church just to have it. You know, a lot of good memories there and and I see the things that God did there and at the time you know those visions that we had there were I believe exactly what God wanted us to have at the time but I think now about how small that they were in comparison to what we have been able to see as we take those steps of faith to see exactly what God could do and what God can do if we'll trust him you know it takes more than just trust we saw this this morning guys We also need to obey. We need to obey his word, first of all, in our lives, make sure that we as believers are walking closely to God. Being obedient to what his word has to say and confessing sin quickly out of our lives, getting it out of there, get cleansed of those things, and let's move forward. And then to trust him, to go out and talk to our neighbors, our friends and our family, tell them about Jesus, And trust and know that when we do that, God is going to do something spectacular in their lives too. And we're just going to continue to see God do something that is far beyond anything that we could ever imagine. And one day, as we come back together in this small group, in a a building that's full of new people, we can say, look what God has done as we follow him. You know what hinders us? Is the weakest link. The one that's the doubter. And and not just the doubter, but the one that feels like it's their calling to put an anchor in everything. To be the naysayer that that weeps over the temple because they remember the old one and how great it was. But instead, they... It's not that they really want God's will. They're just afraid and just want to be disobedient. Oh, I don't think we need to have blind loyalty, but I do think we need to sometimes have blind trust in God. And we trust him and we walk with him. And together we'll know what God's will is. And when it's done, it's all for his honor and his glory. What robs us of that is a lack of faith. Help us, Lord, to have the faith that will trust you to do what you say you'll do. And let's watch God do something great in our lives. What hinders you today? I don't know. You do. God shows you in your life. There's something hindering that today. Confess it to God. Get it out of your life. Let's walk out of here knowing that we're right with God and doing exactly what it is that God wants us to do. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for... The promises that you give us that, Lord, as we seek your will and do your will, and we ask in faith with nothing wavering that you answer. And so, Father, we're asking you to use us to do something great in our community. Something that will bring honor and glory to you in a special way, and powerful way, and we can see you to just be honored in, in all that takes place. Lord, I pray for your help. I pray, Lord, if there are things in our lives that need to change that, Lord, will change them today, help us, Lord, to be exactly what it is that you'd have us to be. Whatever needs to be done, stir in the hearts of each one. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We're going to sing that first verse, 414, trust and obey. Let's trust and obey him and see him do what it is that he wants us to do. Let's all stand as we sing when we walk with the lord light of his word glory he sheds on our way while we do his good will he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey trust and obey For there's no other way Happy in Jesus But to trust and obey Just to keep it in front of you On your way out today, guys, there's a table in the back. There's a table up front with a coffee mug with our new theme on it. Grab one of those on the way out. Everybody can have one, your own individual cup. And when you use it, just remember to pray. Ask God to do something great and uh, ask him to do so with a faith without wavering, right? And uh, so we'll be back tonight, choir at 4, service tonight at 5. Love for all of you to be here. God bless you guys. You're dismissed.